0: it's about being able to be flexible and being able to be imperfect and at the end of the day just being like dude you tried your best you did a lot of things like today i wasn't as productive as i wanted to be but i took a shower and i washed my hair
1: Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. So I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today I get to interview someone that I've been admiring from afar for a few years now. She is also a podcast host and a creator online. When I found her, I was Instantly connected to her. I felt like we could have been friends in real life. Like she's the same age as me. We both love journaling and we both got into self help around the same time. We both follow the same people, probably admire the same mentors and self help. So I just felt like I should know this person. And today I finally get to talk to her in real life or on my podcast. Her name is Katie Dalebout, and you might know her from the podcast Let It Out. Katie Dalebout is a writer, host, and wellness and creativity cheerleader who resides in New York City. In 2013, she started the then-wellness-focused podcast, Let It Out, which now has over 220 episodes and has molded into a modern long-form interview show covering everything from wellness and spirituality to creativity and relationships. Her first book, published with Hay House in 2016, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, is a collection of personal essays and journal prompts. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. Thank
0: you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yeah, I am super excited. First of all, I admire what you do with your podcast. I feel like I knew your podcast before it was Let It Out, when it was still Wellness Wonderland. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a oh couple years gosh. ago. Oh, my gosh. Whenever
0: anyone tells me that, I just – I want to give you a huge hug because Aww. you've been through – a lot with me if that's the case <laughs> yeah
1: and also like I'm an avid journaler I mm-hmm. I feel like we'll have some similarities just because I love journaling as much as you do and I use it as my own like
0: personal therapy wow all the time wow, yeah. wow, wow. so cool yeah yeah kindred spirits then
1: for sure <laughs> so how did you start creating
0: online great question I think many of us fell into it you know I think it wasn't really something, at least when I was a kid, that you could say you wanted to be when you grew up or do because we didn't really even know what the internet was It barely existed. Mm-hmm. So I – in college, I started reading a lot of blogs. That was what I did when mm. I was bored in class and I loved it so much that my boyfriend at the time was kind of like, you could do that. I can help you. I can make you a website oh. and that was really important for me because I – I get really overwhelmed by things. Like when there's a lot of steps to something, I'll just stop. Like I'm not good at just like Mm -hmm. Googling something and figuring it out. I want someone to explain it to me or do it for me or I want to like hire someone to do it. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, I'll handle the technology and making you a website, you just blog. He like showed me how to do it and it was so easy. and And so I started this blog called The Wellness Wonderland when I was in college. And at the time I had like four tumblers and it was before Pinterest. So I had like
1: yeah. I just had a
0: bunch of tumblers. and then,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and then – Like those picture tumblers or did you like write all No, no, ones? no. They were
0: all picture. It was just like reblogging. I literally used them like as Pinterest.
1: Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah, it's so
0: fun. Yeah. But I had so much fun with it. Anyway, yeah. So I had this blog called The Wellness Wonderland because I was very, very into wellness at the time, mostly from a physical perspective, not really talking about mental wellness, not really understanding that wellness to me – doesn't just mean you know green juice and yoga it means mental wellness and creativity and spiritual wellness and connection and relationships but I didn't really get that then so it was it was pretty wellness focused but I, I kind of talked about whatever I was curious about or passionate about and and I loved it it was so much fun and I kept doing it and then that year I graduated from college I moved to a new city I was living alone I was working from home remotely for a company. So I didn't really have any friends. So I just kept blogging and I kept journaling and I kept, you know, I got very into personal growth and, and self-development and, and all the things. And I, like I said, it was lonely. So yeah. I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was listening to a lot of NPR actually to start. Oh. And yeah. I loved Terry Gross and Fresh Air and This American Life. And I was like, how do I get this on demand? Because I didn't have a TV and I wanted to Mm. listen to things. I listened to a lot of YouTube videos, but I wanted to listen to things on my phone. And so I just kind of stumbled upon podcasts in in 2012, 2011, 2012. This is way back in the day. I don't think
1: anyone listened to podcasts then. (laughs) Totally. It was so early. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I was listening to podcasts. There there weren't very many. Weren't very many Mm -hmm. hosted by young people for sure. Definitely not by young women. And again, same boyfriend. I was kind of like, I could do this maybe. And he was like, Uh, yeah, I'll help you. I'll figure it out. You know, He didn't know how to start a podcast either, but he was just like good at figuring stuff out. (laughs) And he helped me and he got it to iTunes and he helped me learn how to edit. And luckily I had a little tiny bit of Radio experience because I studied broadcast journalism okay. in school, but I didn't really know much. I taught myself, you know, enough of GarageBand to edit it myself, and I I started the first couple episodes were just with the headphones that came with my iPhone, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you know I yeah. eventually got a microphone and blah blah blah. But I really used it as a way to just connect with people I wanted to have conversations with, right? And that's what that's what the podcast came to be and it eventually turned into a book deal, as you know, and now it's called Let It Out and I've been doing it ever since And, and that's been six years and now it's, you know, what I officially do exclusively, which is cool.
1: Yeah. At what point did it like, did you realize it could be your career? Because like, when you were blogging right out of college and doing the podcast, did you feel confident with the audience you built? What What was
0: the turning point, I guess? That's a great question. And I would say somewhat recently, like, <laughs> I don't <Okay>. know, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, I'm still figuring it out like, I think, learning to have a career on the internet is just Funny and crazy and like every everyone DIY yeah Yeah. like figure it out exactly and everybody does it in Mm -hmm. so many different ways and every single person I've talked to has figured out that they I've learned that they have many different portals of how they make money you know it's not Mm -hmm. this cut or dry like I make all my money this one way it's like I make most of my money this way but some months it's this way and. You know, yeah. it just depends. It's, it's being a freelancer and, and things that come with that. But when I graduated from college, like I said, I studied broadcast journalism, but I didn't want to become a TV news reporter. And, you know, it's very competitive. You have to move to a small market and, mm-hmm. and work your way up. And yeah. I was so into wellness at the time and I was teaching yoga and I just didn't want to do that. But I also didn't want to have to live at home and I needed to figure out a way to support myself. But I remember going around saying like, I just want to blog and teach yoga. I just want to blog and teach yoga. And my my mom mm-hmm. was like, well, how are you going to – you need to get a job so you can – how are you going to pay rent and like go to Whole Foods eight yeah. times a day like you'd like to do, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I did that. I, I got a full-time job and luckily my full-time job was flexible enough where I was able to it's not even that it was flexible all the time, but it was flexible enough that I was able to have the energy to spend my evenings and my mornings and my weekends blogging and creating content. And and mm-hmm. honestly, it wasn't even the job. It was like that's my and you and a lot of people, that was my choice. And that was my mm-hmm. discipline and my, you know demeanor that I that allowed me to be able to do that
1: yeah so you were working a full-time job and doing your blog and podcast on the side I also don't want to like brush over this part of your life the health addiction and body image part can we
0: go into that 100 percent. yes <laughs> so alongside of everything we've been talking about right now good call we should mention that <laughs> i had an eating disorder that i so that kind of started in you know who knows when it started probably from the time I was like nine years old, really. Okay. And that's that's kind of what I think about the diet industry and the culture that we live in. You know, I think so many of us have a disordered relationship with food and our bodies, and the select few that get out of it immune to it are anomalies. And that's really unfortunate, but that's the world that we live in. And so it really was exasperated for me at the very end of college, where mm-hmm. I was fully, you know, in it. You know, my friends and I call it. G.T.I. Going through it when somebody's just like really struggling with something. So I was G.T.I. Mm. I was like my professors were Mm -hmm. were scared and my family was really nervous and I I, my whole life was kind of crumbling and I had this sense of I've got this like I've got this I just got to eat some more avocados or I just you know I was just clinging to control and you know I didn't feel like Mm. I could be myself in the world and I wanted to to do so many things but again like going back to being overwhelmed by starting something new I was overwhelmed by starting to be a person in the world you know I I didn't know how to do that and I didn't know how to I wanted to leave the small town I grew up in and I didn't know how to do that I wanted to have a job that I liked I wanted to have a relationship that I liked I wanted to Like myself and I didn't know how to do that. But I did know how to control my body weight. And so I just did that and I did that more. And it Mm -hmm. gave me like a hit of what I needed, which was control and which was really unhealthy. But it ended up being a great thing and probably the best thing that ever happened to me, not just because it led me to this career that I do now, but it got me into therapy at a young age. And Mm -hmm. I think that was really helpful because I grew up in, like I said, this small town in Michigan. Nobody I knew went to therapy. Nobody talked about therapy. It was something I'd maybe heard about on TV, but not even really then. And for the first time, I was contemplating my existence and who I was and what I wanted and how – it gave me this level of self-awareness that was really useful. And Mm -hmm. from there, you know, I – Got to a place where it's so interesting he- healing eating disorders and that's a whole nother conversation. But my weight was, you know, somewhat restored. I ended up moving away to a different city, and I got this full time job. And so I was really out on my own. But I was, I was very much not healed mentally. You know, I was very much controlling and mm-hmm. scared and living in this little pocket, not really saying yes to things because I was more concerned with controlling my my life and my weight. And that made me very unhappy. You know, I wasn't even aware of that then, but I was. And my podcast was really helpful because it led me to talk to a lot of different people, a lot of different people in the fat activism community and body image Mm -hmm. awareness and health at every size. And I learned about the diet industry. And I learned about, you know, kind of the dark side of the wellness industry, which is something that I love. Like I love green juice and meditation and yoga and all of those things as much as the next guy. But I also know that doing them in a dogmatic way is the opposite of, of well.
1: Right. So are you saying you were going through the eating disorder and all of that while you were running Wellness Wonderland?
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. So
1: There's like a paradox there. Like 100%. Yeah. So interesting. I also want to go back to what you were saying about how you felt either straight out of college, like you didn't know how to be a person. Like- I just totally relate to that too. I think we're the same age and it was my senior year of college and the few years after that like you don't know how to function in life and you want all these things but you have no control. You have no idea how to get any of that. I think all of our listeners out there can relate to that. I I just want to point that out and I guess your way of dealing with it was trying to control your body weight but if you were to go back now what would you tell
0: yourself so true you know I I often say it's it's like the second adolescence that no one really tells you about and then you're completely alone for Mm -hmm. you
1: know yeah it's like like you just feel like you're the only one going through it but everybody goes through it,
0: yeah, you know? and I think I'm still going through it, you know, we changed so quickly mm-hmm. in our 20s that I'm constantly having days where I feel really low and overwhelmed and I don't know how to figure I'm like, how do I I have so much to, have to do where do I even start? how do I do this you know and and the thing is we live in a world that's so vastly different from the world that we grew up in you know if you really think about it like when we were kids they're just our careers didn't exist. Podcasting didn't exist. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't like. It's hard for us to even compute, and for our bodies to even handle all of the stress and cortisol coming at us at all times. Mm-hmm. And I think you know what I would have just told her was like, just do your best. And that's the same thing I tell myself right now. Like, just do your best. And at night, I, I have this poster from this artist. I forget the name of this artist, but I'll I'll find it and tell you. And I am looking at it right now because it's in mm-hmm. my room slash office, <laughs> and it's right by my bed. And every night I I see it, and it says, "Today was a solid day. I did many things," <laughs> <laughs> and I really like that. And that's kind of what I would tell her was just, you know, instead of I have this problem now where a lot of my control that I had around food and body has now gone to productivity in my work.
1: Mm. Yeah, And so
0: it's just like walk-a-mole, you know, it's one thing and then the next. And and so it's, it's about just like being able to be flexible and being able to be imperfect. And at the end of the day, just being like, dude, you tried your best. You did a lot of things. Like today I wasn't as productive yeah. as I wanted to be, but I, I took a shower and I washed my hair, which is like feels like a big <laughs> win, you know, yeah. and like that's something yeah. I can feel good about at the end of the day. And I, you know, I had a good conversation with someone and I'm talking to you right now and you know, solid day, did many things. <laughs> I love it. Just do your best and yeah. don't overthink. I think when I was in college, I definitely
1: I overthought everything. A little bit too perfectionist, a little bit too like ambitious, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think somebody told me once that's the sign of a highly creative personality and I and I can tell already that that's that's what you are and just some of us have that and we just have to figure out how to deal with that. Not because of the output that we make, but what Mm -hmm. that does to us mentally, you know?
1: So let's go back to your journey. So you were dealing with the eating disorder, body image issues while running the podcast. And then what was the turning point then to kind of step out of that, start to step out of that?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so ironic, like you said, that I was, you know, kind of talking about wellness, but really not aware that I wasn't super well when I was talking Mm -hmm. about it. And if you go back to the archives of my podcast, you know, I have almost 250 episodes, but the first like 50 or so or, you know, 20 or so, you can hear me asking these really granular questions, like kind of grasping. To these people, these, you know, often yoga teachers or health coaches or cookbook authors or vegan chefs or whatever it was, and being like, How many chia seeds are going mm-hmm. in that smoothie? And are we doing the warm water with lemon before or after the workout? And when <laughs> are we dry brushing here? And like, you know, like uh, so specific. Yeah, Things yeah, that yeah. I just don't Details. care about now, you know. <laughs> um, but that's just who I was then, mm-hmm. and that's where I was. And and honestly, those people and those conversations really helped me because they were saying when I was asking this one question that I still ask to this day, which is about morning routines, they were saying all different things. You know, some of them were like, I turned to my phone first thing in the morning and it's fine or I have coffee. And some of them had these like elaborate wellnessy routines and that was fine. But mm-hmm. there was just such a mix and everyone was really – everyone I talked to who I admired and looked up to was probably about like five to ten years older than me and had just chilled out. They'd kind of been where I was, mm-hmm. but they had chilled out and it – really helped me to see that and it helped me to start to be less dogmatic and see all these different options and all these different ways of being and 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 honestly working my full-time job helped me a lot too because I was like I have to do this I have to get this done like I I had to be around people and and that was good for me and then the last thing was like I said I started to surround myself with people who were in a different community than wellness so I started to listen to podcasts like the Food psych podcast with Christy Harrison and she became a really great friend and mentor of mine and Isabel Fox and Duke came on my podcast a bunch of times and these are people who really are talking about anti-dieting and not mm-hmm. dieting and not you know getting being so dogmatic about wellness and and intuitive eating, and I started to learn about these things, and that was really helpful for me. And then from that, I started to diversify my interests. So I, I realized that yeah, wellness is great. And at that point, the Wellness Wonderland was off the internet. It was it had turned into Let It Out. And I often joke that you know you can take you can take the girl out of Wellness Wonderland, but you can't take Wellness Wonderland off out of the girl, <laughs> or you can take it off the internet, you know. And I still enjoyed those things. I still, you know, like a good acai bowl as much as the next guy, but I'm also able to enjoy my life. And that really started when I started dating and I was like, okay, I just got to get it together because I can't be the weird girl who's like, oh yeah, I don't drink and I get my salad without everything. And I'm like eating ice. (laughs) You know, it's just like, you got to get it together. And that was actually really healthy for me because I just became more normal. And I realized that everything was okay. And and that was helpful. And so that just kind of started to shift. And then, like I said, my my interest diversified. I was listening to different podcasts. It, w- it wasn't all wellness podcasts. I was listening to comedy podcasts and I was watching movies because I love movies so much. And I was, you know, I took an improv class and I, I just started to figure out what I even liked mm-hmm. beyond wellness. And that was the biggest thing that helped me yeah
1: it's almost like you grew with your podcast I think actually think a lot of people like in our generation who are on the internet it's like our coming of age online like you're sharing your growth because yeah oh my god right yeah. Like your podcast evolved with you during these stages of your life where you're changing so much, which is pretty cool to be able to look back at that.
0: Oh my gosh, so much! And do you feel that way too? Because you've been doing. When did you start your YouTube channel?
1: Yes, Lavender. I started in 2014, but I actually had like another YouTube channel, a hobby one, where I was posting singing, like cover songs and stuff. That was I started that in 2008. Wow! So throughout college, I was just posting videos online and even off of YouTube. I blogged a lot. Like I use yeah. Zanga, Tumblr. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So all of your life or your growth is kind of documented in these little bits and pieces on the internet.
0: Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Also makes me cringe sometimes. You know, I'll look back It on. does. It does. Do you ever use that app Time Hop to show? That- I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Like sometimes I look at my captions and I'm like, Oh my god, what a like <laughs> what a loser. But you know, yeah. it's so who I was then, you know, and I, I mm-hmm. it's it's just funny. We we, we grow up quickly and it's fun. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Let's take a break for our sponsor, Meditation Studio. Life can be messy. We get stressed about deadlines, frustrated about our careers, or anxious about our relationships. I always recommend meditation as the best habit for every day, but especially for those messy, stressful days. And I love using meditation apps to help me out. Today's sponsor, Meditation Studio, has a meditation for everything – stress, sleep, confidence, and more. They're one of Apple's 10 best apps of the year and have hundreds of original meditations created by over 40 experts in the field. It's like having a little life coach in your pocket to inspire you and help you feel better every day, no matter what challenge you're facing. Whether you've been meditating for years or you're just looking to start, you can check out the Meditation Studio app and see how it can help you with a free seven-day trial. Head over to the app store, check out Meditation Studio, and get started with a seven-day free trial today. So how would you say your podcast has changed you over the years or what did it teach you over all these years of running your podcast
0: so many things oh my goodness it's yeah. taught me so much it's like you're saying it's it contributed to my growth because of the guests and the lessons that i learned and mm-hmm. me curating the guests that definitely happened but outside of just what i learned specifically from what the guests shared as a person you know it taught me about communication it taught me about conversation it taught me mm-hmm. about presence I just wrote this article for the fullest where I think that the headline was How Conversation Became My Meditation. Because when we're doing this, like we're doing right now, you know, both of us aren't doing anything else. Like, we're not typing because you would hear it and it would be bad. And we're not on our phones. Like, our phones have to be in airplane mode. Mm -hmm. We're not able, we're not like at a restaurant where we're distracted even by, you know, even if we were hanging out in person, which I would love to do. Yeah. But (laughs) we're we're just present and we're just here. And so that really taught me about connection with another person and taught mm-hmm. me about, you know, following my intuition in a conversation. And the podcast has changed in length and it's changed in the different ideas that we discuss. And it's about to change a ton more yeah. in, in the next year. And I just, I think it. we have to constantly be growing as people. Mm-hmm. I, I think I want to be growing until I die. Yeah. You know, I think that's like why we're here, but I think as creators too, not only in the content and the type of content, but also, you know, in technology, like you can hear and, and what's expected of us, you know, as my, and I'm sure you've felt this way too. Like as my audience has grown, I felt a responsibility to improve the quality, you know, like last year I hired a composer to make brand new Mm -hmm. music and it was expensive, but I'm so happy I did it. And I hired someone and an artist to, that I really liked. I commissioned a new Mm -hmm. piece of art for the album cover. And I'm in the process of building a whole new website and platform now. And, you know, I I feel like you get this responsibility to up level. And so it's taught me about how to communicate and how to improve and how to constantly be growing. And not taking—I don't take any of that for granted because without my podcast, I I wouldn't mm. have learned these lessons, and I wouldn't have gotten to connect with these people. I've gotten to connect to, and that's because of the audience. So I want to be able to give them quality content now and make it less about me and and more about the listeners. Yeah.
1: You have a responsibility to like give them the best that you can
0: give, right? Yeah, responsibility to myself, and and yeah, definitely to to the people who are listening. And there's still part of me that's like, oh my god, I can't even believe people are listening but you know the reality <laughs> yeah. is there are some now and i, I have to i want to do the best i can it just it just yeah. you know what i mean like doesn't it feel better to i get to, that too yeah it feels good mm-hmm. to do good work
1: do you feel like that yeah Yeah. And you always have to like keep one upping yourself. I always tell myself, like, how can I level up? How can I level up? Because I do want to keep improving everything, like every aspect from the look of the brand, the quality of the videos or podcasts to just the back end stuff. And I think when I was younger, maybe like a few years back, I didn't know that. Life would be a never ending growth journey. I thought like once you get to success, you're there and you can chill and relax and stay there. But it's not it doesn't work that way. Oh, you're <laughs> like so. Like you can't right. be complacent. You have to like keep like pushing yourself. It's never like super easy. It's there's always a challenge.
0: No, you're so right. And I think that's the case no matter what, but I think in the the world that we live in now, it's it's even more so. I remember like being a kid and I just thought I'm going to get to a place where I'm going to move to New York City. I'm going to wear pencil skirts and, and suits. I'm going to look really cute. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to have a cool boyfriend and uh, a job that I love. And it's just going to be great. And then I'll be done. Like, yeah. that's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, now I, like, kind of have those things. But, like, I've never worn a pencil skirt and I wear sneakers every day. And like, I'm constantly striving, you know, so it's just, who knows? Yeah,
1: it's never ending, but it's it's
0: fun as well. So fun. Oh my God, so fun. Yeah. Life is is fun, but, but also overwhelming. Someone should like put that on a t-shirt.
1: It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I also want to ask you about your podcast. How do you land such amazing guests? Because I feel like you have gotten like the best of the best, like everybody who's anybody has kind of been on your show. How does that happen?
0: Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. I mean, I'm really grateful for a lot of the people who have who have done all the people who've done my podcast. But yeah, I've, I mean, I've definitely had some notable people, and and I get that question a lot. It's funny though because there's so many people I want to have on the podcast who haven't been able to, or I haven't heard back from, or you know. So it's again, it goes back to what mm-hmm. we were saying about always striving. It's like right, everything is relative. You know, yeah, like people it will is. say to me like Oh my god, I can't believe you have this many." People or you had this person on your podcast, and I'm like, well, I look at somebody else, and I'm like, I can't believe they have this or that. You know, it's always it's always something. Yeah, totally. But what I always say, and I have this digital workshop now that helps other people start podcasts, and in there, I talk about this and I give people the exact template of what I say when I reach out to, to people. Mm-hmm. But uh, essentially, it's it's a couple things. It's first of all being brief. In my email because I get a lot of emails, you get a lot of emails, everybody gets a lot of emails and the long ones I just glaze over or I'll just be like, I'll read this later, you know, and then probably forget about it. So I'm yeah. brief and I'm humble and I I make it very clear that I know their work and I love their work and it was meaningful to me in, in some way and I thank them like right off the mm. top in a brief way. And then I just humbly ask. I'm just like, look, I have this podcast. I don't want anything from you except your time. Luckily, with podcasting, your ask is relatively small. You know, you're not asking them to come into the studio of the Today Show at 4 a.m. and and put on makeup. And, like, they can do this from their pajamas in their house at any time that they want to, you know? But I do need an hour. And in my case, I need, like, two. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, like, lead with that. And, yeah, and so it's, like, it's a a relatively low-stakes ask. And I – You know, I say yes to every podcast that invites me on because. It's fun. It's fun to meet a new person and have a conversation. I don't have to prepare. Like I didn't have to write anything about what I was going to say today. Like you're the one in the taking the the lead, which is so nice. And yeah. you know, so it's 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 a pretty cozy endeavor. And so you'd be surprised that people that that would will say yes if you humbly ask them. And and then the other thing too, with that I'll mm-hmm. say is that like I get a lot of no's. You no one sees those though. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So you have to be you have to be ruthless about follow up. Like I will follow up to an email multiple times mm. and I will, you know, not, I'll border on annoying, but I never <laughs> follow up more than twice. If I, if they, okay. if I don't hear back from them after twice, I'm done. Yeah. But I will follow up twice because I've had to be prompted twice to, to follow up to emails.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. As someone who now gets like a lot of emails, I understand like like, it's not annoying to follow up because mm-hmm. it's helpful. You know, sometimes it just gets buried. So what you said is a great tip for anyone listening, not just if you have a podcast, but just like in a job search or if you're trying yeah, to reach out totally. to someone. It Number one, it doesn't hurt to ask and be humble when you ask politely and follow up. And well, first of all, like, Yeah, just don't be afraid to ask because sometimes like people are more willing to give than you think.
0: Yeah, exactly. And make it clear, make it brief, but make it clear what's in it for them, you know, like leverage what you have. It's like, well, I have this audience and at the beginning, you Mm -hmm. know, it didn't have the audience, obviously. But, you know, I, I think I was lucky back then because it was 2012 and I would be like, I have a podcast on iTunes. Like, oh my gosh, she's on iTunes. <laughs> no one had like, a podcast. It was like, oh my God, that's <laughs> yeah, special. Yeah. It's like, you know, being like, I have a blog on the internet. And they're like, <laughs> whoa, she's <laughs> on the internet. That must mean something, you know. And <laughs> it just like seemed kind of cooler. Yeah. But I think even now, you know, like leveraging what you have, like if you have a very specific audience, like they might be an older person and you're like, well, I can reach Young millennials, I can reach people in this Mm -hmm. specific demographic, like that might be valuable to them. So, you know, trying to and doing it maybe around their book launch or around their movie release or something where they're doing press anyway, that might be a good place to catch people.
1: Awesome. So, let's move on to talk about your book and let's talk about journaling. So, your book, Let It Out, is about journaling. You share a lot of journal prompts. And I was really excited when I saw that you're coming out with this book because you're published by Hay House. And I feel like you're a voice for the younger generation in this space. Oh
0: my gosh! Yeah. So nice.
1: <laughs> I really do think so, which I think is, is so cool. Because when I was like discovering self help, all the books that I was reading were written by like middle aged white men. Yeah. And right. And I don't know. I I think we just need younger voices out there. Thank you. That that's so nice. And yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I I was very very happy to be involved with Hay House because for the same reason, you know, I I love Louise Hay and I find their their work very cozy to me. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of great experiences with work that was published by Hay House, so it felt really special to. To be part of that. Yeah. So how did you write this book? I'm curious
1: about the process and then I mean let's talk about that first.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I don't I don't even know. <laughs> it was so long ago now. Cause so I I got the book deal when I was twenty three years old. Amazing. And I wrote the book when I was twenty four. So I like had a birthday after. And I, I wrote the book when I was twenty-four and then it came out when I was still twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. I was just about to turn 26. And so now I'm 28. And so I feel kind of far from all of it because that means I got the idea like, you know, a year before that. And yeah, I'm still so proud of the book and I'm so happy that it's having kind of the second life now and more people are finding it as more people find the podcast and more people are journaling as a result of it. And But it is interesting that, you know, unlike the other things we were saying about growing up on the internet, like I can change the way my website Mm -hmm. looks and I can I I don't, but I could delete, mm-hmm. you know, old things from that have been on the internet from Yonder. Yeah. <laughs> but with the book it's like I can't change how the cover looks ever and I can't change any of the contents inside. So that that's just kind of a funny thing. It's a time
1: capsule. It's of who a total you were.
0: totally. Yeah. It's totally like a time capsule <laughs> of, you know, 2016 me, which You know, it was great and I love that book so much and I'm so – I still – I use it. Like I I had to use a journal prompt from Mm. it recently so I I love that book but – I, you know, I might have like worn a different thing on the cover next time, you know, like just it's things okay. like that, but I was very – into it was like the the age of flower crowns, so I'm like wearing a flower crown on the cover. I think it's fine. It's Thank cute. You.
1: I wanted to ask, what are – yeah, what were your favorite journal prompts from the book? What are the ones that you keep going back to?
0: Oh, so so many I love. I, I was going to say too, like when I wrote the book, I, I have to say I did it alongside of having a full-time mm-hmm. job, so I would wake up really early in the morning and write, and I would stay up late and write and I had to do it around that. So it was a reflection that the prompts in the book are a reflection of things that I was using in my own mm-hmm. life and I was recommending to other people. So there's the first one in the book, which is called The Morning Dump, which I think is funny because it sounds like poop, but it's <laughs> you know, meant to be done first thing in the morning where you, where you check in with yourself and you write down – it's much more directed in the book. I, I don't remember exactly, but it's like you write down – exactly what's on your mind, what you woke up with. And then you write down what you're grateful for and how Mm -hmm. you want the day to be and a few other questions. And it kind of guides you through like skimming the pond scum that you woke up with in your mind and getting you to clear water, clear thought forms underneath that. And there's another tool – based off of my favorite movie called Happy Thank You More, Please. And mm. I love that one so much. There's a tool about new moon journaling that I love. And that's the one I returned to recently for myself. And what is new moon journaling? Just curious. Well, so I learned around the time I was writing the book that our manifestation is heightened and more powerful around the new moon. Because if you think about it, the full moon is the time to harvest. It's lightest. It's the time of harvest. Mm. And new moon is the time where you plant seeds. Mm. And so it's a great time to set intentions and take a look at what's going well and what you want to shift or change or grow in the next cycle. So I guide you through, you know, some questions to take inventory on yourself. And I think that's great to do regularly. It doesn't have to be around the new moon, but I think it's kind of magical and wishy and yeah, fun to Yeah, it's like to do fun that. to match that yeah. phase. But you could do and it And I believe once. it's connected. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But, if, you know, if you didn't, you could just do that once a month or, you know, or on mm-hmm. your, the date of your birthday each month or whatever. But I I like that one and, and that's one of my favorites. That's fun.
1: So as an avid journaler, I assume that you take time to like write down your goals. I'm just curious do you have a process for like setting and staying focused with your goals? Any like manifesting routines, things like that?
0: Yeah, I never like to be, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning and and trying to be someone who isn't so dogmatic and is more flexible. I find that mm with goals the more rigid i am the worse i feel right you know with a a, a specific mm. goal while they can be helpful markers in like the corporate world i think for daily life they can leave us feeling pretty bad you know if we don't reach them or even if we far exceed them we're like oh shit i could have gone higher you know it's just kind of like a losing <laughs> yeah. game but i think if we focus on it's so cheesy but the journey or how we want to feel along the way or how we want to feel when we get there or what we want our life to be mm. like throughout i think that's more interesting and that's mm. works better and so that's kind of what i do is i i focus on what my life what i want my life to be like and then i back in from there and i'm like okay well, I want my, my life to be set up in this way. So what do I need to have in place for that? And where am I yeah. on that? And, you know, the thing I do on a day to day basis that I think is most helpful in terms of goal setting is, you know, I'm not really looking at, you know, specific goals for the, the month or week or year, but I, for my, for my work, I do kind of plan out, you know, my specific creative endeavors for 2018 or 2019 and, and what I mm-hmm. want to work on each quarter. Yeah. And then, Each day I'll make this post-it the day before and that's just what works for me. But I write down like three things I need to get done the next day so I'll feel productive. And so these are like Mm – sometimes they're really little, but I write down just those three important things. And then I have to do those before I get to any urgent things. So urgent things are like this call, like this is like an urgent thing. It's like, it's going to happen no matter what.
1: Scheduled. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or like emails or like anything Mm -hmm. else, calls or whatever, that stuff's going to happen. So I don't need. but like the other stuff might not happen and often doesn't happen. And Sometimes I don't get to the three things in my post-it, but I don't feel as accomplished at the end of the day. So I I try to do those things first thing in the morning. And So that's really like the main way of goal setting that I use. Yeah.
1: I actually do something similar like the post-it just writing because I need to physically see the things that I need to do on a piece of paper. Like, Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If they're in my head, they feel much more overwhelming and fleeting like they're gonna like i'm gonna forget them or whatever and i almost start to feel instantly better just by writing them on the post-it i kind of feel like they're they're done or on the way to being done totally
1: so katie what is next for you like what are you excited about now
0: Great question. So many things. I'm excited to travel in 2019 more. I'm really excited to launch something new. I, I'm really happy about this this workshop I made called Let a Podcast Out that mm-hmm. helps other people start podcasts. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. Last time I did it, we started 22 new podcasts, which was really cool. There's a contest oh. element to it where mm-hmm. I choose one to be aired on my podcast channel each semester, and mm. I just listened to all the entries, so that was really cool and. I'm working on something completely new right now that I'll launch in 2019 and that's going to be different from anything I've ever done. And yeah, I'm just I'm just so excited about all Yay. the new stuff but also just trying to be really present with what I have in front of me like today, yeah. like right now talking to you. And this is really fun, you know?
1: Yeah. You're really great at conversations. Oh my this God. Is- thank you.
0: So are you. You're really, really good at this. I I enjoy this a thank lot you. and I'd like to like Hang out with you and be a friend.
1: I know. I'd love to hang out if we're ever in the same city.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be in L- LA. <laughs> let's we make can it talk happen. About this later, but I'm gonna okay. be in LA like at the end of the month.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So now I like to open the podcast up to Facebook questions. So I have one question from Facebook from May. She asks, is it common that I have many thoughts in my head, but when I want to sit down and start journaling, my mind goes blank or I don't know where to start. Do you remember when you started
0: journaling? Does this happen to you? How do I deal with it? Yes. Great question. Great, great, great question, May. So I, what I would say to this is we all have a ton of thoughts in our mind. When I was researching the book, I found out we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And so wow. – that means that a lot of them are repeat thoughts or things we're thinking on autopilot, or just, you know, like we were saying, things we need to get on our post it. But if you get them out of your mind, you can sort through them. But it's hard, like she, like May is saying, like it's hard to just sit down and, and do that unprompted. So that's why I say when you ask yourself a good question, you'll get a good answer. And, you know, my book mm-hmm. is essentially 55 good questions if you have a good yeah. journaling prompt. But I can give people some right now just listening, simply asking yourself, how are you feeling? And like honestly answering that and not judging what comes up. Maybe it's bullet points, maybe it's, you know, people ask you that all day long while you're walking around in the world, but how often do we actually really listen to the answer or answer honestly, you know, like not just saying, you know, a surface level thing, but really asking yourself, how are you feeling and then why? And then, you know, you'll see that you might start to self soothe down the page. Or another question I like to ask is, what would this feel like if it were easy? Or what is this what is a big trigger in my life mm-hmm. right now? Like what is something making me feel small? And and just writing about mm-hmm. that. Yeah
1: super interesting yeah so it's about asking good questions and if you're if you don't know what questions to ask like there's plenty of resources online just look up like journaling prompts
0: (laughs) yeah totally and you know my book has directed ones there's ones online but asking an open-ended non yes or no question and just not judging what you're writing just just start and you'll build up a little bit of momentum and then you'll find it easier as you go Mm -hmm.
1: Totally. So now I want to do some rapid fire questions. So feel free to just yes. give whatever answer comes to your mind. These
0: are my favorite.
1: Yeah. So what does your dream life look like? Wow.
0: That's a journaling prompt. <laughs> There's one for people. It I is. It is. I to journal on that. Man, you know, I think it looks like having a, a space that I really, really love and has great light and feels really nourishing and wonderful. And I can have big dinner parties. And I want that. I want to walk around a lot and travel a lot and just feel like I'm really organized (laughs) and I have a, a team of people in place so I can create really wonderful work that helps people feel their feelings. And, I want to sleep a lot and eat really great <laughs> food and and go to the beach and bring people together. And that sounds, sounds really nice. Yeah. Have a lot of parties.
1: Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. great. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody?
0: I find myself recommending Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic a lot.
1: Mm, love it. I
0: love that one. And I don't know, maybe I can give a couple. I recommend... My friend Lacey Phillips and her work Free and Native, I recommend that quite a bit to people. I really recommend the movie Happy, Thank You, More, Please to people too. I think it's like a helpful resource about gratitude. I should check that out.
1: I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's great. So what is one habit that has changed your life?
0: I want to say one that I am getting better at doing all the time, but not double screening. So Meaning, if I'm watching something I mentioned before, I really love movies, but I would find myself like watching a movie, but also looking at my phone or being in a conversation and looking, you know, and I just want to do one thing. So I've tried this new practice of not allowing myself mm. to be on my phone when I'm watching something oh, and just I being see. present yeah. and actually going to the movies is really helpful for that. And reading is really helpful for that because it forces you to mm-hmm. be present. So not double screening and trying to do one thing at a time. You could call it mindfulness. I also do TM meditation, which is really helpful for me. Cool. And just, you know, I live in New York City, so I kind of feel like it's my obligation to go to plays and movies and say yes to things because, you know, it, it costs so much money to live here. It's hard to live here. I owe it to myself to go to museums and do stuff. And that is a really wonderful mindfulness practice.
1: Yeah. Cool. What is the best life or career advice you've ever gotten?
0: Well, I already mentioned Lacey Phillips, but she has this quote where she says, what you don't own owns you. And that has been really helpful for me, as well as something my boyfriend told me somewhat recently. I think he heard this on another podcast, honestly. I don't think this is his quote, but kind of this mantra of, when you feel overwhelmed, which I often do, saying to yourself, this is hard, but I can handle it. Mm, yeah. And that just kind of legitimizes how you're feeling as well as pumps you up that you can yeah. do it.
1: This is hard, but I can do it. Yeah. 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 It kind of reminds me of like Marie Forleo's like everything is figure outable.
0: Totally. Kind
1: of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah. It, it, it very much mirrors that.
1: Mm-hmm so finish
0: the sentence the most amazing part about life is connection connecting with other people I think that's why we're here I think we grow by mirroring our shadows and the things we do well and the things we don't do well to each other and being in relationships romantic and otherwise is the quickest form of personal growth more than any book or podcast or anything I think connection Mm. is why we're here
1: yeah it really is Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. I so enjoyed talking to you. Lastly, where can our listeners find you online?
0: Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sad it's over. I wish there were more quick players, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm having a blast. It was so nice of you to have me and, and I'm so grateful. I can be found easily on, on the internet. I'm at Dalebout on Instagram. K-A-T-I-E-D-A-L-E-B-O-U-T, like about, but Dale. And my website is katydalebow.com or let it out and my podcast is called let it out i would love if you listened it's my favorite thing i've ever done and then if you want to start a podcast yeah check out let a podcast out dot club
1: you guys will love it yeah yeah that's super helpful because I know a lot of people want to start a podcast I think it's like I hear more and more people wanting to start a podcast but now I know I can like direct them to your your resource amazing,
0: yeah amazing yeah I, I mean that's why I made it I was just sending emails that were really long to people <laughs> being like how do I start a podcast and I was like okay here you go. <laughs> you're and so then nice now, then I made a thing yeah that I can send you're like here to. you go take my course <laughs> yeah Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to connect with you. And I hope that this will be the first of many conversations.
1: Alright, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Katie Dalebout. Katie is so easy to talk to, and I feel like she's probably used to having long conversations. If you know her podcast, sometimes her interviews can run like two, even three hours. So she's really good at connecting on a deeper level and being present with you. I think that is something that is unique, because not everybody can be super present, really listen, and have that, like, calm and grounded energy that she has. I think that's very cool. It's definitely something that she's probably developed over time, just knowing her background with her eating disorder and her anxieties in the past. So some key takeaways from talking to Katie is her tip on what she would tell her younger self is to just do your best and not worry too much. And I would say the same thing to myself in the past as well. I think when you're young, you're so anxious, you're so impatient, you want to get everything right, you want to just do-do-do and achieve-achieve. and. It's not always about that. Life takes time. Life throws you curveballs. It's just about showing up and doing your best and, you know, letting go beyond that. There's nothing else that you can do outside of that. What was also nice was just hearing her podcast journey, how she's grown through her podcast and how she continues to grow and push herself. That's something that I try to do as a creative to continually try to innovate and create better content. It's not always easy because sometimes it's easier to fall back and be comfortable with what you've already done, do things the same way you've done before. The hard part is like changing things up, improving your system. Sometimes you have to like redo a lot of things, kind of like delete, delete, delete in order to like create better systems in place, things like that. I think personally, because I'm going through that with my business right now, that resonated with me. And lastly, to ask the right questions in journaling. I think that is very important. I know that it doesn't come easy for everyone, so that's why journaling prompts are really helpful. So you can always check out Katie's book, Let It Out, for her journaling prompts. I actually really loved her new moon journaling ideas. I've never really journaled with like the phases of the moon. So that's something that, is worth trying and it sounds fun. So I hope you gained some insight from all of this. I hope it inspires you to start journaling more. Make it a daily habit. Take some time in the morning to journal and see where it takes you. Alright, love you guys so so much and I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye! All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com/shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at lavender where I have even more content for the Artist of Life. Sending you so much love. Bye.